Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross Lacane. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Welcome to another edition of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross Lacane. I've got a very special guest with me uh, from across the ditch in New Zealand, uh, David Windler. He's the founder and director of the Mortgage Supply Co. And uh, welcome, David. Thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me on board. Well, you know, looking through this list of, of awards, it's pretty impressive, David. You're uh, in the top five brokers in the country. You've regularly been in the top 10 uh, since its inception in terms of the, the advisor New Zealand top brokers. You were the top uh, broker in the award-winning Professional Advisor Association. And uh, last year you were named as Astute New Zealand's top advisor. So a very impressive list there. And it's, uh, it's great to have you uh, on the show. So basically what I'd love to do is, you mentioned you've got a team of around about 25 advisors um, eight admin staff, and obviously you're doing lots of volume yourself. But what I'd love to sure. do is, you know, start, go back and tell me about when you first sort of made that shift and got into uh, the mortgage industry. Yeah, look, it was, it's a, it's a, been a fair journey. I've been um, breaking now for coming up to 15 years, but my previous career was in a completely different field. I, I spent nearly about 10 years on the coaching staff at Auckland Cricket. It has always been my passion and um, I got involved uh, in a professional level uh, in coaching. And once I kind of started to think about that as a very narrow field and there was no way I was ever going to coach the Black Caps because I just didn't have that first class or test match um, playing experience, I needed to start look, to look sideways. And um, I left out of Auckland Cricket and became a director of sport at a local secondary school. Really enjoyed that. It was a great environment. But you know, to be frank, I felt that I was selling myself short a little bit. Um, I, I had you know, really good, strong um, uh, people skills and I, I, I needed a complete change. And actually, my wife just saw an ad in the paper for um, one of our banks. We were looking to uh, expand their mobile manager channel. And um, I thought, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I'm good with people. I can learn how to do that. All of that. And the, the, the hardest job, actually, and probably the biggest sort of hurdle I jumped um, was trying to get um, in front of the recruitment guy because he's gone. You have, you've got no experience. I don't, I don't want to know you. Um, but I just kept him on the phone. <laughs> I just kept him on the phone for nearly an hour and um, just kept talking and talking and talking and um, persuading that, you know, I had transferable skills. Um, and I think that's one of the beauties of our industry, Ross, is that, you know, you can come at it from all sorts of different walks of life. Um, but as long as you, you know, deal with people in the right way and can communicate well, um, then, you, you know, you've got a chance of, of having a successful career in it and you know I, I never expected I'd be doing this uh 20 years ago just interested what were the transferable skills that you know obviously from sporting and I love sport I've uh, played rugby at a high level and um you know I love sport and I quite often in my coaching uh in mortgage brokers I I you know refer to a lot of sporting analogies so what were some mm. of the key things from your skills as a you know as a cricketing uh, coach that you bought into the the mortgage business 
Well, I, I think good coaches, you know, empower their athletes and I think good mortgage advisors empower their clients. You know, I think that, you know, I try and, you know, allow my my clients to, to make quite a lot of their own decisions. Obviously, we advise and we shape, but but I like to coach my clients so that, in essence, they're starting to understand more the decisions that, that they're making. Um, so it's around coaching and leading them, uh, no different to, to an athlete. Um, and I think that background um, in that career also was about being able to communicate well. And um, quite often, you know, we were talking to, are you talking to a group of athletes or you're talking to, you know, a group of coaches. So it allowed me to um, get comfortable and confident with um, speaking in groups. And, you know, probably, you know, one of my bigger career breaks um, was, you know, I, I got an opportunity to to work with a property investment group who, who were uh, doing a lot of what they did through quite big seminars, five, 600 people in, in a room. And um, an opportunity came to, to work um, with that group, but I had to be able to stand in front of that sort of audience and talk to them about what what I did and how I did it. And that was a, a, a real career change for me. And it really did take me up quite a few levels because my my field of expertise, if I was to say I had one, is dealing with property investors. And, and that's a, an area of, of the business that I really, I really love. Definitely, I, I am a property, a passionate property investor myself. And, uh, you know, definitely the last sort of five or six years in, in my career was all focused around property investors and uh, really adding value. And it's a it's a great niche to get into because people transact, you know, a lot more regularly. You got it, absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of the times they, they don't pay down the debt, right? Because they, they pay that they're focused on reducing their owner-occupied yeah. mortgages so um fantastic area maybe we can dig a little bit deeper yeah, sure, for sure. into that um down the track but in terms of looking at then all right so you started with the the bank as a as a mobile lender i believe i knew nothing okay you know i think i remember you know we we uh we got there's about seven or eight rookies that were all part of this intake and it actually came not long after this particular bank decided they wanted to exit the broker environment which is quite ironic so Basically, they decided they didn't want to deal with brokers anymore and therefore took on a whole whole new sales force. And that's what gave me the opportunity. Um, and I think our induction was about a week. Um, and that's that's all, obviously back in those days, it's all it took to become a very good lender. Um, and and off, I, off I went to, uh, you know, armed with a, a laptop and a calculator, a mobile phone and a company car. And, um, and I, I got into a good branch you know we, we were associated with local branches and there was about two or three mobiles out the back and they were really good to me in those early days um and, and so were the other more experienced branch staff that were there and i wasn't afraid to ask questions and, and learn and learn quickly um and you know we'd get out to those early appointments um use those engagement skills to uh, you know build a connection um with the client and get all the paperwork and documents i could and then hot tail it back to the, the branch and go, okay, what do I do with this stuff? Um, and um, they, they, they were fun times and, and, and really, you know, sort of set me up pretty well to, you know, go, you know, go, go further in, in, in this industry. And, um, but it was a little bit easier back then to do what we do, I think. Yeah. But I love that, right? So you, you focus on the client, focus on asking Huge the right one. questions, focus yeah. about what they're interested in, in doing and um, have that appointment, ask all the questions, gather all the information 
and then yep. run it back and then uh, get yeah, someone get, to help you with the that's technical right. I'll stuff, get back right? to you soon because I, I didn't know the answer, you know, in those <laughs> days. I mean, these days I'm going to, you know, probably suggest quite quickly what I think I'm about to go and do for them. But um, back at the back in those days, I didn't really have a clue. So I was, you know, pleased to have people around me that were, were happy to answer my, my probably fairly daft questions. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, everything with a positive attitude, right? So uh, I used to say to my brokers that I was training, everyone can qualify for a loan given the right set of circumstances, right? So yep. it may be that, uh, you know, certain things have to change or they need to, to get a considerable pay increase. But, uh, you know, there's always a possibility. And so then go and workshop it with your team and then, and then come up with the answer. So you did that for two years. Then tell tell us about your transition into a broker, and um, sure. and what you found the differences between being Bankland and then you know running your own show and founding uh, the Mortgage Supply Co. Yeah, so we, I mean, I, I was probably there for just under two years, and in fact, one of the other mobiles um, working out of that branch decided that you know he would like to go broking, and uh, after a few months, he. Um, he approached me and said, would you like to come work for me? And it's like, mm, I don't really want to work for you, but I'll work with you. Um, because and at that stage, I was finding that the constraints of that bank environment were starting to to grate a little bit. You know, sales targets were around that you all the time. It didn't necessarily feel that the customer was being put first. Um, so, you know, his timing was pretty good and I was ready for a, a challenge. Was, what was really important, I think, at that time was that... Um, my wife was running a very successful business, um, which gave us the ability for me to make this change because, you know, as we all know, you go launch into a new enterprise and a new business and, and your only income is ever going to come out of um, commission. Um, you've got to have a fairly stable personal situation to be able to, to make that change. So um, the timing was pretty good from that perspective. And, so I went into basically a partnership with this guy and, you know, he was a bit of a Jack the Lad kind of character and possibly did a couple of things he shouldn't have done. So I was able to um, basically buy, buy him out not so long afterwards um, so that that particular company, when it was a, a different brand at that stage, we were with a, a franchise group. Um, sort of um, born and, you know, I was in that franchise environment for about four years and then the, the head of the group, you know, started to not do the sort of things that I would expect of a, a, a leader uh, in terms of looking after the people um, under them. So that's where we had opportunity to, to move out of that group. And then the mortgage supply company was founded just under 10 years ago. Now we're coming up to our 10th anniversary this, this December. Beautiful. So do you remember in those early days, what did you do to actually generate business in those early days? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, through my time at the bank, you know, I'd started to connect strongly with um, a group of real estate agents who were, who were all connected to each other. There's probably about half a dozen of them. Uh, they were all around the similar sort of age to myself, um, little, even a little bit younger. And they were keen and hardworking and all operating out of, you know, South Auckland. I lived out in West Auckland. Um, so... For, for me to get into their area, it was a 45 minute drive most most occasions, but I just had this willingness to embed myself um, within their uh, community and their network and the people who live there. So um, I, I guess I just took what it, I did what it took to, to get the job done. 
and I, and I think for these guys, it was a really important support mechanism for them because they're striving to make their sales. And, and you know, as we know, good mortgage advisors sitting in, in that environment is actually an important tool. So, you know, I, I just worked hard. You know, I, I, I would happily do 12-hour, 13-hour days most days of the week. Um, I'd work, I just did whatever it took to get the job done. And these are connections that I had built with the bank. And I remember vividly catching up with them and saying, you know, I'm thinking of leaving the bank and going broking and just, you know, before I make the decision, I really need to know if, you know, this is going to be okay with you guys. And, you know, they, they, they were great because they said, oh, thank goodness for that, because now we'll be able to refer you more business. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. I love what you said about that um, brokers are an important tool, right? In terms of because, you know, real estate agents to do more business, you know, need a great mortgage advisor. So what do you think the tools that you can offer a real estate agent are? Well, I think, you know, if you're going to, in the very early days of, of, of broking, you know, for anyone who's fairly new to industry is listening, your professional referrers are critically important. You don't get off the ground without them. Um, and, and I think, for me, it was always about being responsive to the lead opportunity, uh, making sure I got onto it quickly, making sure I'd let them know that I'd spoken to the client um, and we were moving forwards with something. Um, and then really about making sure that you've got an understanding of, of what it is that the, the, the client's trying to do, but also the agent. So I would always sort of ask the client, you know, what what property is it that you've seen? How have you connected with this person who has referred through to me? So try and get a feel for what the target looks like. Mm. You know, it might be a listing, it might be something advertised with a price. All of a sudden, I'm getting a really good understanding of what the client's interested in, but also um, I'm getting a really good understanding of what the of what the real estate agent's trying to sell, mm. and making sure that you know you you just provide that that service that means that the deal gets across the line. You know, I never ever had um, you know, any sort of referral relationship um, in a monetary way with these guys. It was all about the service. And I, I refused to split my commissions and things like that because I felt that that compromised my, my service. And, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I never had a paid um, nah. referral arrangement and I had you know, lots of really solid referrers, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in commission each year. Yep. But it's, it was done on that sort of more reciprocity and more yep. on the service because I think it cheapens Hugely. it. As you say. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and know, I, and I would just say to these guys, look, if I can help you sell one more house a year, what's that worth to you? Hmm. Um, and, and they recognized that, you know, I was good at what I was, at what I did, but, I, but more importantly, I had a work ethic and a values ethic that was aligned with them um, and, and was a good fit. And we did some great stuff over those years. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. So that was you, you sort of, you started the uh, the Mortgage Supply Co about 10 years ago. And then yep. um, in terms of, talk to me about then starting to grow the business and growing the team and some of the challenges or some of the roadblocks that sort of got in the way in terms of as you were sort of growing that particular business. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was, you know, a lot of it has been a, almost an organic um, growth. So we've never really sort of gone out there and advertised for new, new advisors to, to join us. It's all been sort of by stealth uh, with people that we knew. I think that was um, a big part of 
um, the business as I see it today, which is I think is, is a very strong um, business, the culture, the ethics, the value set that, that the people share in the business um, is its real, uh, its real strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of it has been around giving people a shot. Yeah. You know, and I've so always... that, that culture, that values, that ethics, I mean, it's mm. really important to me. Did, did that come from the sporting background? And, you know, obviously you realise the importance of that and creating that within, uh, within a team environment. So it was... Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it for, for me, Ross, was that, you know, I enjoy being in a team environment. I think... You know, again, you know, our industry is so flexible with how you can operate within it. And, you know, many people were happily, you know, building good businesses, just working from their, their home on their own. But I couldn't do that. I, I, I just, you know, that would be something that would potentially bore me. I like to be around people and I like to I like to lead and I like to see growth in the people around me. So um, setting up a, uh, an office and, and having a place for people to go, um, was a natural thing for me um and i think we've just managed to fill it with just good people you know and i i think with the the staff that we have as well it was all about giving people a shot you know two of my longest serving um staff we, they started working um for me well while they were still at school um, yeah interesting. you know and so how, what track. sort of backgrounds did these people have like in terms of you said you knew them so how did you know them were they were they from personal friends? Were they sort of business connections? Where where did they they organically come from? Because I, I get asked this question by a lot of brokers. How do you find good people? Like so, just give some examples of where some of your people have come from. Yeah, just a little bit of both. So you know, sometimes um, yeah, it's been um, connection that's been through 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 actually sport. You know, cricket's one of those sports that you you stay connected for life. And um, you know, I've had. Um, some of my, my my advisors have come out of that background, and and similarly to myself, Dave, I've I've just been made redundant. I'm really interested in property. I'm really interested in what you do. Um, could you could you help me? And and giving them a shot, knowing that they're a good person, that they've got good values, good ethics, they're never going to let me down. They're going to be honest um, and deal with their clients in the same way. And for me, it's like, you know, those values you can't teach. Mm. You've got to, you either have them or you don't. But I can teach you how to, I can teach you how to be a broker. I can teach you how to lend. I can teach you how to put together a loan application. They're learnable skills. And I've always believed that. So what it's meant is that, you know, a reasonable um, portion of um, the guys have come from very different backgrounds into the, into the business. And then some of them have been, you know, worked in banks, wanted to come into the broking environment, knew me through, you know, dealing with me while they were in the bank and 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 have come across into um, the mortgage broking side of things through that. So quite a lot of it's been through uh, a personal connection. And then you get that growth where you've got people in the business outside of me who know somebody who wants to come in, you know, it just grows. And that's where you get that organic growth. But the key link in between all of them is, is you kind of, you knew who they were. So you got to know who you were dealing with and possibly where people have joined the business who haven't stayed around too long or, or haven't worked out is, is where I haven't known them well enough. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think 
some of the first sessions that I go um, through with my clients is really getting them to understand their values first and what their vision and what their bigger picture is. But, you know, that values thing is huge and um, getting to know them. And quite often in the interview process, people ask me, Ross, how do you go about interviewing? And you know, before I'll even do a, a, a formal interview, I'll get to know them on that personal level. Yeah. I'll get to know them on the personal level. I'll have those conversations and really try to understand who they are as a person first before you get into their technicalities and what they can do from a, a job sense. So I love that. And I think that's a, a, a great lesson for a lot of people because you, yeah, if you get the, the attitude, the values, um, we can train for skills. So Absolutely. 100%. Uh, definitely, definitely um, love that. So then um, in terms of, uh, so you grew organically over that time to the point where you've now, as you said, you've got 25 advisors and uh, about eight admin uh, staff. So you want to talk to me a little bit about how your team structured and uh, what sort of support you provide? Yes, I mean, I guess there's two sort of elements to the, the business. One is the sort of the team within a team, which is my team, if you like, I, I still write a lot of business so you know most days when i go to work i'm wearing two hats you know dave's the broker and dave's the, the guy who runs the business um in my immediate team um who, who look after my client flow um i have four loan writers i call relationship managers um and they sit close to me in terms of doing all the loan processing um pretty yeah, very experienced operators now um high quality lenders in their own right. And I think, you know, that's where you, you know you do need that expertise um, sitting quite close to you. Um, then have um, a client services manager whose responsibility is to, to look after refixes and restructures. And in essence, for me, as I look at that role, that's that's an important role because that's, that's what looks after my trial book. Um, couple of admin girls who do all the data entry and make sure that the compliance side of things are um, all, all ticking along. And um, and then, you know, the umbrella business, um, there's my office in Auckland, um, which has got about eight advisors in it. And then we have an umbrella organization, which I um, co-own um, with another chap. And that's where we've got offices around around the country. Um, and in, in, in locations from, you know, Invercargill to Wellington and got a few guys who work from home and around the Auckland area, but the core of the business sits out of my office in Auckland. Yeah, love it. Love it. And, you know, from a sporting perspective and uh, one of the analogies I, I often teach about in, in my coaching is, you know, the difference between a, you know, a local and we'll call it cricket, you know, your sort of your park cricket team and your professional cricket team is, how much they actually train, right? So yeah. um, how, how important is sort of, and again, you said you've got some really experienced and um, people in your business. How important, um, you know, from your coaching background has been training and developing your team to get where they are? Oh, huge. Um, you know, I said to you earlier, you know, that I had a couple of my staff members who, you know, joined me from school, but well, one of them's, you know, one of my loan writers now. So, you know, when when I first set up with this other chap, you know, we we just had a need for 
a little bit of stuff to be done around the place. There's two blokes working out of this office and she was getting pretty messy. Um, so we just sent a letter out to the local school trying to get someone who could come in after school and just do a bit of filing, answer a few you know, real basic stuff. And, and Kirsty um, sort of applied for that job because basically her mum worked for what, for, um, for one of the schools. We sent this letter out and she, she intercepted it and said, I know who can do that. And 13 years later, she's an amazing line writer. Mm. You know, and that's just, you know, that again, finding somebody who's got a great attitude that you know you know will never let you down um and then taking them on a journey with you um upskilling them as you go um to to um to give them a career and, and that's you know at this stage it's the only job she's ever had and she's yeah, one of two two uh staff members that i can say that of and, and you know again crystal who's you know our compliance crm queen um just one of those school programs where you could get someone coming in for a few hours a week um, in, a, in a, a work related, you know, local school connection to business kind of program. 13 years later, she's still in the business um, and the only job she's ever had. Amazing. So, you know, that's, that's something I'm really proud of, but you, you know, it's just about identifying good people who've got uh, a willingness to learn and a willingness to grow um, and keeping them. Yeah. And what do you think the secret to, you know, retention? Because a lot of you know people struggle with retention or retaining staff. What do you think the key to retaining good staff is? I think you just got to look after them along the way, you know, and, and that, that, that it's not always necessarily about, you know, paying them above market or, or whatever, you know, I think it's about treating them as, you know, good human beings looking after them when they need your support. Things happen to people outside of their working environment um, that will take them away from work. They'll, I don't know, having the ability to sit down and have a decent chat outside of work. Um, recognizing that, you know, if someone's not having a good day, that, you, you, you know, what's wrong? Yeah. And, 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 get, and actually getting to know them on a personal level so that, that you know, if, if something's going on that they need to share, that they will share. Um, and, and I think that's just really important. I think, you know, for a few people in the team, it was also giving them a shot. Mm. You know, there's a couple of, of the advisors in, in, in the business who, you know, had had some couple of things happen to them in the, in the bank environment that were wrong as I saw it. And they were perfect fit for the business. Um, and it's, and it's about you know taking them under your wing and showing them that that you care and, and you know, you're happy to lead them to the finish line. You know, I love it. I love it. And I love you saying like you know get out of the office and get them to know on, on a personal level. And I'm, I was a big fan when I was in my business to you know, get people out of the office um, and take them out for a coffee, get them outside of their environment. And it changes the the types of conversations that you can have Absolutely. on the right? It just that change in environment opens them up. You get to know them a lot more on a personal level, and um, I think I think it's great. And I encourage a lot of people to do that. Just you know, whether it's 10, 15 minutes, you know, especially the boss, you know, them having yep. 
you know, 10, 15 minutes of undivided time of your attention um, is critical, right? It's really yeah, they're more than the person who happens to do the job for you. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's just a, a, a small part of who they are. Um, and the more you can reach through that, um, the, the better, I think. Yeah, love it. Love it. And, uh, you know, I can, I can see and I can see why you've actually, you know, built a team and why it, it has been so successful. So in terms of, um, you know, we, we spoke just before we started about a couple of different things in terms of, you said, you know, the, the, the key thing when I, I spoke about what are some of the things that you do well, you say, I keep it simple. So give me some examples in your business of you know, what, what are some of the things you do just to keep it really simple? Uh, I mean, I think rule number one is always, you know, being work hard. You know, I, I think that, um, you, you know, you don't get success in business without that coming, you know, first. And I've always been prepared to do that. And I think in terms of keeping things simple, it's just making sure that, that, that keeping the customer's requirements at the forefront of everything that you do. Um, and, and that if you, if you do that, you're not going to go wrong. And I, and I think that's where probably at the moment is we're now going through challenges that Australia has gone through with you know, regulatory and compliance change. Um, enforcing you know, that idea about you know, doing right by the client I find that I'm finding that pretty tough because I've always done it that way. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's, and, and, and just, you know, just, it's, it's not a difficult game that we play here. Um, and I think that, that, that if you're, if you act with integrity, um, listen to the customer, you know, that whole kind of cliche around having, you know, we have two ears and one mouth for good reason. Um, mm. You know, I think a lot of advisors, you know, that I've come across, sometimes are too keen to put across to the client what they think and what they know. You know, the interview is not about you. Yeah, it's about I them. That. I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, I see that all the time. I sit in loads of sales appointments and listen to recordings. And brokers tend to be transactional. Give me yeah. what I need to do the deal, where it should be the other way. I'm going to listen to you yep. and find out what you need so I can construct a solution that's going to be the best for you. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Look, and I think, you know, talking about those transferable skills earlier, I think always for me, um, you know, one of the things I, I kind of view of myself is that I'm a problem solver. Hmm. I love solving people's problems, issues, troubles. You know, give me one and I'll try and find a way to fix it for you. Hmm. Um, and I think that's a big part of what we do. You know, it might not necessarily be a, a problem because obviously, yeah. but we're solution finders. And, exactly. and, and that's, what, that's what really gives me, um, still gives me great pleasure in what I do uh, is that solution finding, particularly if it's tough. You know, I think that's the whole thing with working with property investors. You know, they never want half an approval, do they? You know, yeah. it's, they, that, you know if you, if you, the difference, you know, to a property investor between, a, you know, an 800K approval and a 900K approval is quite significant. Mm. Uh, in terms of what they can then go out and buy and therefore what they can then go about creating in, you know, in wealth down the track. So, you know, being able to, to push, push envelopes and, and, and you know, move, manoeuvre um, client situations for the best outcome, not just any old outcome, yeah. not just the satisfactory outcome, but the best outcome that's available to you with, from your lender panel. Um, I think that's, that's really, really important part of what I try and do. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, so powerful, just that thing, just that whole mentality and that whole vision and the whole thing to pass on to your team is, hey, we're, we're not just going to get an outcome. We're going to get you the best outcome. Yeah. And, uh, and that allows you to then spend that extra few minutes going, okay, what else? What else? Yep. Is there is there any other way that we can actually look at this? And you know, I think that was you know part of my strength as a broker as well in terms of you know I would I would handle complex um, situations. I would make them seem simple for the client to, but you would start with, hey, well, what is your goal? What is the the end goal that you're looking to achieve? And I'm going to yep. work to see how we can actually achieve that in the best possible way. Yeah, and, and and as you get that longevity in the business, then you you know and you deal with clients all the way along um, that journey, then you know you, you all of a sudden you start dealing with people that you've known for you know ten or more years. Yeah, and and, and you you know you you engage with them when they had one house or two houses, or now you're engaging with them and they've got a portfolio of ten, eleven, twelve properties, um, and that that's a that's something to be you know really proud of and. You know, I've got a number of clients now that, you know, I, I can say that often and they've done tremendously well, but um, we've done it in, we've done it together. Oh, definitely. And you, you look at it in terms of um, some people say, oh, I'm just a, mo a mortgage broker, right? Where, no, you're not just a mortgage broker. And I, I'm in the same boat. We work with a similar clientele where mm. a, a big passion of mine was property investors. But I can tell you dozens of clients where they came to me with, um, with, with nothing, we set the plan. Uh, we introduced them to our team, and in our team was an accountant, uh, a buyer's agent, you know, who who was a proper buyer's agent who understand the the technicalities of, of property investing and the numbers and everything that went behind it. And we created a team of people that would then advise them, right? And sometimes, you know, they'd get up to, to having nine or 10 properties and then we'd get together. It'd be me, the accountant and the buyer's agent all sitting around a table with this client. And, mm. you know, we've made them seven, you know, multi seven figures um, and done it in a really structured way. And, you know, just so much value. And I, I speak to, you know, the, the brokers that I work with and, you know, I get them to ask the question when there's, you know, 20 of them in the room. I say, you know, hands up, who wants that financial freedom? Who wants that choice in retirement? And, mm. you know, everyone puts up their hand. And so Talk it's the same for your clients on your book, right? Who, if you ask them in a room of, you know, um, those clients, 99.9% .9 of people would put up their hand, right? But how many brokers actually go to the next level and have those conversations and ask those deeper questions to be able to do what you said at the, the start of the conversation that you got from your coaching business was around empowering the clients to be able to do that. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things I, I quite often say, you know, to particularly my investor clients is, you know, you, it's a really important that you, you, you put the right team on the bus, right? Mm. so i'm just but ultimately you're the bus driver definitely you know definitely. we just sit on the bus with you we're there to you know shape and guide and help and support but you drive you drive the bus because some sometimes you know you can get into that situation where the client wants you to provide all the answers yeah and then you know we can't do that it's, it's their journey and everyone's different everyone's got different risk risk profiles different outcomes that they're trying to 
um, create for themselves. So they've got to drive their own bus. And I think that's where that empowerment thing comes in. That, yeah. that you know, you're, you're really handing the reins back to them as much as you can so that they, they take control of their own destiny. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's, we're, we're sort of on the same board. I've <laughs> you know, spent a lot of time with Simon Sinek and um, coming up with my own personal why, right? And uh, my personal why came down to this. It's share wisdom to empower others, right? And it was the same in my mortgage broking business and it hasn't changed. My why doesn't change when I'm in the coaching business. It's still the same. Share wisdom to empower others. And, um, you know, exactly what uh, I think we share a similar oh, thing. Look huge. And it's something I really enjoyed and tried to do, um, you know, as I say, when I was involved in that property group and we would, we would run events and seminars. It could be five or 600 people in the room. I would speak for up to an hour um, at those events. And it was all about give to get. Hmm. You know, give as much knowledge out on the understanding that people will embrace that and go, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to deal with him. And, you know, probably started doing that about 10 years ago when I'm not sure if even Facebook was around back then, Ross. Mm. But I think that's where the power of social media is today. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, um, younger brokers getting into industry um, need to, need to, to target social and that that give to get philosophy of you know, and then you can you know i'd reach five or six hundred people at an event but my goodness you can go and reach you know tens of thousands of people through social um i love i love that i i, I one of my coaches um said a quote the other day in saying you'll touch way more people in your marketing than you will, you know, actually serve directly, right? Absolutely. So whether you go with that mentality that, hey, I'm going to add as much value as I possibly can, and with that client first mentality that you you said, um, then as I said, as a result, you get paid for the value that you that you put out there, and uh, I think that's a that's a great message. Um, we could go on talking about this for ages. I think there's a lot of uh, similarities, you know, sporting backgrounds, uh, sure. property investment, similar sort of philosophies in educating and empowering. But I'm going to wrap it up. Sure. Uh, I asked um, a question at the end of every podcast around, you know, what's one tip if you were um, talking to a young aspiring broker that was looking to sort of really get out and, and to scale a business what is what is a tip that you'd love to uh share before we before we finish up today gosh um i think i hate the young aspiring broker already because i i'm one of my big regrets is i started doing this too like too late <laughs> um so if you're a young aspiring broker good on you for being in that position in the first place mm. work hard you know it's um it's a it's a fantastic industry that we're in um wonderfully flexible you can scale it up scale it down scale it sideways um for, for me i i think that um just like you would deal with your clients and, and ask them you know what are you trying to get out of this what's your end game um is be really able to answer that yourself mm. you know it's because it's different for everybody and i think that um the most important thing you could do right now if you're entering industry and you've got aspiration is really understand what that looks like and map it out and go for it yeah, because 
you know, you can go anywhere in this game and you can make it as big as you wanted, want to, but just look after people along the way. Um, you know, keep your integrity and your honesty and, and, and just work hard, and, but just know where you're going. Have your plan, map it all out and just, yeah, go hard. Exactly. And uh, I love that. And, you know, focus on do it for your own reasons. Do it yeah. for, you know, create that life that, that you're going to be proud of and, and don't live on um, other people's terms. So I think Absolutely. that's an amazing message to uh, finish up with, David. So Thanks. I'd like to uh, thank you. I love the conversation. There's been a lot of gold and uh, I can see why you're in the, in the top 10 brokers uh, consistently in New Zealand because of Thanks, just... Mate. You're a, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Thank you, Ross. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, this has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. Uh, plenty of ways to um, connect with us. One, subscribe to the podcast on any of the platforms. Uh, two, join our Facebook group. There's a private group called the Billion Dollar Broker. Jump on that. Uh, if you'd like to work with us privately, um, definitely reach out, send us a message on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn and uh, we'd love to uh, get in touch and see how we can help your business. Thank you.